This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to A Sharper Life. I am your host, Nikki Sharp, and I have been on a little bit of a hiatus. That is because I just got married and I'm feeling all the feels. I'm on my mini moon and I'm actually here in Paris drinking a glass of champagne while I'm recording this for you all. And I thought, what better time than to talk about health? While I'm in this city of delicious food, drinking all the things, eating all the quote unquote bad, naughty things that we think about as Americans. And I wanted to take a moment just to answer some of your burning questions. Yes, I will come to the wedding and share all of the things. But for right now, I wanted to just dive straight in and answer your questions, whether it's about intermittent fasting and how many calories, because I know that nutrition can be hard. And I also want to just preface this. I did an episode about travel hacks where I do talk about when you're traveling, at least for me, what I eat supplements I take. So I do recommend listening to that and any other health-related episode I've done because I do give a lot of information. But this episode is purely answering your questions. So let's get to it. Question number one, I am constantly bloated after eating anything. Do I go to a GP or a dietitian? So a GP being, I'm assuming a general practitioner, a doctor. So here's actually what I'm going to say for this. Neither. What I'd like you to do if you're constantly bloated is first think about what are you eating that bloats you? So do you eat salad and it bloats you? Do you eat, let's say, chickpeas and they bloat you? Are you food combining? So before you just immediately go see a specialist, I want you to become a specialist for your body. That means keep a food journal. Write down the meals that you have and try to keep things. So day one through three, write everything that you eat, take photos of it, and just write afterwards, did you finish the whole plate? How you feel? Did you feel bloated? Did you drink liquids with it? Next, I want you to start playing around with your diet. So there's a thing called mono meals and mono meals is where you eat one and only one thing and you see how your body kind of reacts to it because food combining is a real thing. Food combining, so let's say like cheese and meat, you're actually not supposed to eat together. It can have a bad interaction in the stomach. So if you're food combining, that can cause bloating gas. But here's another thing. How stressed are you? Because stress is the number one cause of bloating outside of food. So for those of you who have been to Europe, and I get a lot of comments like this of followers who come to Europe, they eat cheese and pizza and pasta, and they don't get bloated. That's because food quality is different in Europe than it is in America. So there's so many different factors that go into bloating. I'm going to give you my short answer on when I get the most bloated, and that's when I'm the most stressed. It's when I'm not meditating. It's when I'm not resting properly. And if I am eating the cheese, the pasta, the pizza, I'm not taking a digestive enzyme. But it really, really goes back to where is my stress? Because your gut is your second brain. So I really want you to become the detective of your own life. And the other thing to think about is drinking liquids during meals. You're supposed to take small sips, not 
chug water, chug liquids, chug milk, whatever it is you might be drinking, hopefully not milk. So become the detective in your own life before you try to go see a specialist. I also then always say, you know, let's say you're going to a dietitian, a nutritionist, a, a doctor. A lot of times they're going to go with your blood work. They're going to, yes, ask what they eat, but they don't do the entire thing of your stress levels, your sleep, you know, what time you're eating. So if you're, are you having coffee with things? So it's really important for you just to have a food journal, take photos. I also love working with clients one-on-one -on -one with this. So feel free to, to message me if you'd like to do a consultation. So moving on, question number two, your essentials, even when crazy work or travel. I love this question because I have been nonstop for three weeks. We have been in Italy where we changed hotels four times in six days during the wedding. We then went to Rome, Sardinia, Paris, and even in Paris, staying at a hotel while staying at a friend's house. So it's been go, 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 and all the things. So my routine has been completely thrown off. And that's why I love this question, because my essentials, even when things are crazy, my essentials are just a few supplements. So I take a digestive enzyme if I'm eating cheese or pasta, pizza, or I know that it's something that's going to sit a bit heavier in my body. I also take a digestive enzyme at night if I'm eating a later dinner, which in Europe people do. I take magnesium. It helps to relax the body. And for me, it also helps with regulation for bowel movements. I make sure that I take a pre and a probiotic. That is, as we talked about, your gut is your second brain. It helps to just keep everything in symbiosis. And your gut is the basis of your entire body system of health. So for me, those are the most important ones that I take. Anything outside of that is absolutely a benefit. Now, I try to work out as much as I can because it makes me feel good. But what I've realized is that I'm not very good at, let's say, going to a gym when I'm at a hotel. I am much better at going out and exploring a city with walking, with running. And so even if it's a 15-minute walk just to explore, that is a non-negotiable for me. The other thing that's a non-negotiable, no matter how busy my work schedule is or how crazy my travel is, is water. Water is the key to life. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode. You can last, it's the rule of threes. You can last three minutes without air before you go brain dead. You can last three days without water before you die. And you can last over three weeks without food. And we've completely reprioritized it to say that, oh my God, I'm hungry. I need food. You need water. Water is what's going to help your regulation of your system. It's going to keep your skin hydrated. It's going to keep you from brain fog. And it's just really important to focus on those the other thing for me, essential wise, is balancing my meals. So if I eat a heavy meal, and let's say I've been in Italy, I've been eating all the pasta and pizza, I make sure that I don't eat until I've had at least a liter of water the next day. So let's say I have a late meal, and I make sure that my next meal is a more balanced, healthy, nutrient-dense. That's where we count colors. So nutrient-dense means counting colors. So that it's not just eating pasta every single day, every meal, because then I just feel heavy. And I've said this before, but when you're eating a meal, I want you to ask yourself, 
Do I feel light and energetic or heavy and full? So moving on to question number three, counting calories to get lean, yes or no? Well, if you followed me for a while, you know it is a hard no. And that is because I say count colors, not calories. Why do we do that? Well, colors, think about the rainbow of colors. We have strawberries, we have blueberries, we have grapefruit, we have all these varieties of different colors. And not just fruits, but vegetables, we have broccoli and we have cabbage. So we have this variety and this rainbow of colors of fruits and vegetables. So that means every single fruit and vegetable, each color has a different nutrient for your body. And something like orange. Oranges have beta carotene, which we know are good for the eyes. Tomatoes have lycopene, which are good for the heart. And what's cool is actually if you cut into a carrot and you look at it, it looks like the human eye. The same goes for for the heart. Beets are really good for your liver and your blood. So when we're talking about counting calories, it becomes a very restrictive lifestyle. I am far more in the team balance. And this is especially coming from having had two eating disorders where I counted calories. I was obsessive about what I ate. It is so much more fun to enjoy food, especially when you're traveling. And at least for me, when you're in somewhere like Italy, where they really pride themselves on aging Parmesan for 100 years, think about the love that's going into that food. Counting calories means that it's typically been processed and you're buying it on a package where they're telling you the ingredients and it's never just one ingredient. And then there's going to be a multitude of different ingredients that you can't pronounce, which your body can't digest. And then they're going to tell you, you know, one serving size is one tablespoon. I'm going to ask you, how often do you truly have one tablespoon of peanut butter for the serving? How many times do you have one fourth of a cup of cereal for the serving? So counting calories is an antiquated old way. It is really about intuitive eating. I've talked about this before and I have another question, so I'll get to that. But absolutely no for counting calories. If you're trying to lose weight, I would highly recommend to do my five-day detox. So you can get that at my website, on Amazon, anywhere books are sold. The five-day detox is going to help you drop bloating, feel better. Skin is going to get cleared up. You're going to have more energy. Yes, you will lose weight. Men can lose up to 12 pounds, women up to 10 pounds in five days. And this has been doctor-approved, dietitian-approved, nutritionist-approved. So it's a program that really does work. And I personally do it. I did it before my wedding. I'm going to do it once I get back. All right. Next question. What is a, oh, this is an interesting one. What is a healthy way to tan when you love it, but burn easily? Well, this goes back into intuitively understanding your body. If you don't tan easily, which by the way, no one should really just be sitting outside all day, even though I'm very guilty of it. I love it. I recommend there are some really beautiful organic self-tanners, which I personally do during the winter. And you also do need to get sunlight. We need vitamin D3, which only comes from the sun. And so you go out in the morning you go out 9 a.m. or you go out around 5, 6 p.m. It is really important to get 
natural sunlight and to get it without slathering sunscreen because your skin does actually need to absorb the sunlight rays. But that's for like 10, 15 minutes at max. But I'm a big proponent of organic self tanners, huge proponent of that. So next one, tips to stop eating before feeling full. Well, it's being mindful. So I want you to ask yourself, am I sitting at my computer while I'm eating? Am I looking at my phone and surfing the internet? Am I walking down the street? Am I driving while I'm eating? Am I stressing about something while I'm eating? So for me, I have a few rules when it comes to eating. And I don't want to say rules in a bad way, but guidelines that help me. I always use a knife and fork. It helps me to slow down. I put my knife and fork down after one or two bites to really be present. I try to take some breaths while I'm eating. I make sure that I don't have distractions. I'm not sitting there just watching TV or scrolling my phone because when we're mindlessly eating, I can guarantee you're going to eat and you're not going to realize that you're full. The other thing is, what are you eating? Because if you're eating things that are laden with salt and sugar and fat or dairy, it's really easy to eat more. If you're eating those nutrient-dense, beautiful colored foods with a knife and fork, not in front of your phone, you're probably going to slow down because you do get full quicker. There's more fiber. And so just starting to be mindful, keeping a food journal, not counting calories though, and just asking yourself, checking in, do I feel full right now? Quick, simple, easy thing to check in. It's about being intentional and having awareness. Next question, motivation tips when feeling down. Great question because you know, we all feel down. And I will tell you during my wedding, there were moments where I felt overwhelmed, not necessarily sad, but I needed to bring myself back up into kind of reality. Or there's times in business where I don't feel as good. So my tips are these. Are you focusing on yourself or are you focusing on other people? Because when we focus on ourselves and it's the me, me, me show, that's when we feel down. Shift it to service. Who can you call? Who's a friend that you can reach out to and say, hey, how are you doing? Who's someone that you can help? Can you go volunteer? Can you just text a friend to check in or call a loved one? What about asking someone for help? Because here's the thing, when we lose motivation, it's because we're typically in a place of in the monkey mind, thinking about all the problems going wrong. Meditate to motivate. Work out. Get outside in nature. Here's the thing, get off your phone. Get off social media. Delete Instagram if needed. Listen to a podcast like A Sharper Life or Jay Shetty or Lewis House. There's so many amazing ones. Tony Robbins. Call someone and say that you need help. You're not feeling good. But those are the ways that I personally do it. And it's always a place of shifting it from the me, me, me show of I'm so stressed, I'm so overwhelmed to how can I take better care of my loved ones? Who can I check in with to make sure they're doing okay? Because when we're in a place of service, we always feel better. Next question. I've hit a plateau. I've been intermittent fasting for two months and it stays the same. 
I can't eat any less. I'm only eating one meal now. Well, my love, I'm going to tell you that intermittent fasting should not be done for, for prolonged periods of time for that exact reason. Your body, when you have too little calories, will start to hold on because it doesn't know when it's going to get the next meal. So I personally intermittent fast based on when am I hungry? I wait until I'm hungry and then I eat a meal, but I'm not consciously waiting 16 hours. And the other thing with intermittent fasting is you need to switch it up. So let's say you're intermittent fasting for one day and you don't eat for 16 hours. The next day needs to be a little bit more of a normal one with possibly two, three meals. And this keeps your body in a better regulation. I highly recommend doing my five-day detox. I have seen so many people doing the keto diet and IF and not seeing the results they want and seeing far greater results from my detox. But that being said, intermittent fasting should be a shortened thing that you're doing, not some prolonged ongoing. If you are eating one meal a day, you are not getting enough calories. Your body needs calories for the brain to think properly. You need calories to go exercise, to walk, to enjoy life. And I'm also just going to remind you that life is not only about losing weight. You lose weight when you're in a state of joy, not when you're in a state of stress. And when you're eating one meal a day, your body is literally in a state of stress. I hope that helps. Next question, how to eat only when I'm hungry and not binge. So I talked about this in another episode. Emotional hunger goes really quickly. It's like one to 10 sped up in, you know, you're in a car and it's all of a sudden. Physical hunger builds. It's one to two to three, right? So on, so on. And so you want to check in with yourself. If you suddenly are like, oh my God, I'm hungry, I need to eat now, that's probably emotional hunger. Emotional hunger is also foods that you wouldn't necessarily eat when you are just hungry. Let's say you're like, oh, you know, I haven't eaten in a while. I'm, I'm, I'm quite hungry. I'm at like a level seven, which is why I'm going back to the first question of you know, being constantly bloated, keeping a food journal, really trying to understand where your body is. So I know, so right now it is about 5 p.m. as I'm recording this Paris time. I would say I'm about like a level three hunger, which means it's not the right time to eat. But if suddenly I get really stressed out and I'm like, oh my God, well, there's this beautiful chocolate thing they left here and I really want that, it's probably emotional hunger because it came on rapidly and it's something I wouldn't necessarily eat when I'm in a healthier state of mind. So how do you not binge? Well, you check in with yourself. You make sure that you're eating consistent meals. You want to make sure you're having ample amounts of healthy fat. So avocado, olive oils, olives, salmon, if you like salmon, not seeds. You want to make sure you are having carbs. I know people are scared of carbohydrates, but plant-based carbs are phenomenal for you. Count the colors, so sweet potatoes, even white potatoes are really, really good. And here's a little secret with white potatoes. If you cook them and then put them in the fridge overnight when they cool down, 
your body digests them differently the next day. So they actually don't raise your blood sugar quite as much. So they're actually better for you when they're cooled. So you could make a nice, beautiful, you know, cold white potato salad, just on a side note there. But it's really getting in touch with yourself, your emotions, your one to 10 hunger level. And I, I used to have a little saying, and I still do it now. Um, hummus is my go-to everything. I will literally, it's like an ongoing joke with all of my, my friends and family that I'm the hummus girl. So people will ask, what's your favorite food? I'm like, well, obviously hummus. So I know that if I'm craving a thing of hummus, I'm in an emotional state. Because I know that when I'm in a more grounded state, I want a more balanced meal with greens, with different colors. Yeah, maybe a dollop of hummus. But I know an entire thing of hummus is an emotional state for me. So I ask myself, okay, Nikki, you want the hummus? Would you eat an apple right now? Which apples are like, eh, I like them, but I would only eat one if I'm super, super hungry. If the answer is no, I wouldn't eat the apple, then I know that it's emotional hunger. So that's just a little thing for you to play with. And if the answer is yes, I would eat the apple, guess what? Go eat the apple because if you eat the thing that you emotionally want, you're not going to feel as good. Next question. Do you think calorie counting has ever had a place? I think, yeah, we already talked about that. Counting calories to get lean. No, absolutely not. Do not calorie count. I'm absolutely, absolutely against it. Absolutely against it. What do I eat in a day to feel my best? So I don't really talk about this because I don't want people to follow me, let's say, word for word or meal for meal. And the reason being, I eat differently every single day. There have been days on this trip where I have eaten pizza for lunch and had pasta at dinner. And then I fast the next day until dinner because I'm just not hungry. And there's other days where I eat avocado toast and eggs and something really beautiful for breakfast with a coffee. And then I'm not hungry till dinner. There's other days when I'm hungry and I eat three meals a day. And so for me personally though, it is important that I get a range of colors into my into my diet. It's really important that I drink a liter of water before I eat anything. It's very important that even if I am eating cheese or pasta or whatever it is, or drinking a glass of champagne as I am right now while recording this episode, that I balance it out so that I'm not eating something heavy every single meal. And one of the big questions I ask myself is, will this make me feel heavy and full or light and energetic? So I might still be eating a pizza and I can still feel light and energetic. But the reason being is that I'm not eating the whole pizza. I'm sharing it with my partner. So that for me would be the answer. And I don't think that any single person should try to model their diet on anyone you see online. It takes time and I know it can be frustrating, but it is about finding what works for you. But for me, most important, water, counting colors, and really listening to my body intuitively. Because one thing I've learned, if I eat when I'm on an emotional level or I eat and I'm not at, let's say, a seven out of 10 hunger, it can actually trigger the old eating disorders 
So I have to be a little bit aware of, okay, eat when you're hungry, don't when you're not, and listen to your body. So we're going to go to the last two questions here. I can't meditate, but I know my mind needs it. Tips you recommend. There are so many beautiful meditations on YouTube. Five minutes long. Three minutes long. Here's a cool one that I like, and I've talked about it before. It's the four by four breath. So you inhale for four. You hold it for four. You exhale for four. And you hold for four. And so when you're doing it, I like to picture a little stick figure walking up as you count one, two, three, four, and that's your inhale. And then you hold one, two, three, four. Exhale, one, two, three, four. Hold, one, two, three, four. So I'm gonna do it one time with you here. So I'm gonna point my finger or count silently and try to do it with me. So inhaling. Right, it sounds awkward when you're listening to it on a podcast like this, but the four by four breath, and you do it four times, that is an active form of meditation. If you are quote unquote not good at meditating, try to just be present to what is. Look outside your window, focus on a flower that looks pretty, and put all of your attention on that flower, or find a leaf blowing in the wind and put all your attention onto that leaf. Meditation is really about trying to get the mind to focus on one thing with all the distractions going and allowing it just to pass without holding on. And sometimes just deep breathing is what we need. Otherwise, I do recommend YouTube, Five Minute Calm app. There's so many beautiful apps. It's just about consistency. And Okay, last question, natural tips to deal with bloating and gas. So I've already kind of talked about this with I'm constantly bloated. Bloating and gas, I would say a digestive enzyme, things like charcoal, if you're having that at night, it's gonna be a really helpful thing. Doing yoga is really helpful. Belly massages, so abhyanga belly massages, and that's where you use oil and you just use your hand and you go in a circular direction to help move the gas. So in Ayurveda, something that I, I find really, really interesting is there's Vata Pitta Kapha. I'm Vata in Ayurveda. I'm not going to go too much into this, but I get really gassy, bloaty, super easily, and it's really frustrating. But I also know that sparkly drinks, hence my glass of champagne that I have or sparkling water, it's worse. It gets stuck. So I have to make a conscious effort to take my charcoal to take my digestive enzymes, to give myself these belly massages, to do yoga, especially side twists, because it helps to move things, move your organs. Those are going to be my, my top ones, things like licorice. You can get supplements with artichoke in it, which is another really great one, and ginger. So that was rapid fire answering various health questions. I am so excited to be back here with you all. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to come back and tell you all about the wedding. And for now, I'm going to go finish my glass of champagne 
and enjoy the rest of my honeymoon. Ciao, guys. Until next week, here's to a sharper life.